Welcome to the LBCF podcast. Our vision is to learn to live and love like Jesus, where we live, work, and play. To find out more about our community, you can visit us at lbcf.org. We hope you are encouraged and challenged by this teaching from our community. Hey, thank you so much, Pastor Barbara. Good morning, LBCF family. It's it's good to uh, be with you this morning. And so the question I have for us this morning is, why should we continue living and loving like Jesus when the year 2020 seems pretty much, you know, in our journey together, we have been going through the New Testament And so we arrive at Paul's second letter uh, to the young church at Thessalonica, uh, 2 Thessalonians. And 1 Thessalonians, um, Paul, you know, addresses uh, this church. And and to give it a little bit of background, Paul, back in Acts chapter 17, he's, uh, he's in the city of Thessalonica. He sets up uh, he sets up a church there, and and as he's building a community of, of Christ followers, as is what happens when Paul always comes into town, uh, trouble await, trouble follows, and it gets back to the leaders in that city that Paul is advocating uh, King Jesus. But um, what's happening is that uh, they are saying that, hey, you know what? Uh, we have someone says that. Jesus should be king and not Caesar. And so that just brings up all sorts of trouble. And thus the persecution of that young church begins. As a matter of fact, it gets so bad that Paul literally has to leave in the night so uh, that no harm would come to him. However, persecution there remains of that of that young of that young church. And so uh Paul when he is in Corinth months later, he decides to write a letter after hearing how that young church is going. He decides to send a letter to that young church and I encourage you um Barbara goes into detail into what happens or what goes on in that that letter and what I appreciate so much about Barbara's is as she goes through the heavy themes of that letter, uh, she just was very, very reassuring. And, and, and that's one of the things that I had gotten from, you know, her message and going through that. Um, just God, just with everything that's going on, the heavy things that we deal with, the heavy things that, you know, we are facing, God's voice of, of reassurance. And that's one of the things that, that that Barb reminds me of as she communicates. So I encourage you to uh, go back a week on, on YouTube, our YouTube channel, and listen to, to that message. And so as Paul writes this letter, this first letter uh, to the uh, young church at Thessalonica, he goes through some pretty heavy themes. A um, couple of those themes would be uh, Jesus Christ returning, another addressing the heavy persecution that's going on there. He even makes a, a slight reference on them not being idle and them uh, continuing to work. It's a brief reference. I mentioned those three because in the second letter to that church, he goes into even more detail on those particular themes. You see, what happened is between the first letter and the second letter, uh, the persecution that that young church was going through, it didn't get any better. It actually got a whole lot worse. And 
think about persecution that they might have gone through. We're talking about stonings, talk about beatings. Um, some were tortured. Some may even been put to death. Um, and so they were just going through so much as a as a, a young church. And in addition to that, um, when Paul had shared with them about Jesus' return, um, they had the thought that Jesus was returning like right now, and, and it was very, very imminent. And not only did that cause additional anxiety because of how that was misinterpreted, um, he goes on and and um, and Paul goes and he corrects that 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 misunderstanding. So briefly, as we go through the book, uh, chapter one again, Paul talks about or Paul addresses and praises them throughout this persecution that that they're going through. As he moves on to the second chapter, he goes into the idea of and he clarifies the misunderstanding regarding Jesus's return and how that should not be an extra source of anxiety but how that should encourage us and what it should encourage us as a, a, a church living out the gospel, what, what we should do or what they should do. And then in chapter three, Paul addresses the idea of work and, and he uses his own example on how it's important for us not to be irresponsible or for that church not to be irresponsible, but that they should continue to live out this gospel message in how they go ahead and, and how they work. And so as I think about those things, and and this was very, very timely for me in the sense of you know the book and, and, and speaking on this particular letter, because I don't know about you, but but uh you know 2020 has been a really, really rough year. Um, you know, I can think uh from a personal standpoint. Uh, our family, we began by losing out, you know, our, you know, our, our dog who was a member of, of our family. His name was Arthur. For some of you that have been to the house, you, 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 you know, Arthur and, and he had passed um, at the beginning of that year. And, and, and that was really tough. I, I took that one as well as the whole family. We, we all took that pretty hard and, and we're still feeling, you know, the effects of that. And then just moving on to professionally and, you know, Part of what I do is 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 business development in addition to facilitating and training. And so all the clients that we talk to especially have gone dark. For those that own businesses or are in business development, you'll you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, everybody's like, okay, well, you know what? 2020, hey, you know what? I'm sorry, 2021. We'll begin to do things at, at in 2021 or at a later point. And so, you know, from a professional standpoint, you know, that's taken a hit. From a more physical standpoint, I remember back in back in May. Uh, I don't know if for some, I've had to have my wisdom tooth taken out, and I remember the amounts, the immense amount of pain because they initially tried to 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 take it out and they couldn't get it out. And there was like a night where it was like, I mean, for those that have tooth pain, and you know, if, if you've unsuccessfully had your tooth pulled, I mean, we're talking about pain factor from one to ten. I mean, this was at an 11, you know, so we had to go ahead and I had to get that taken. Um, I had to get that taken care of. And then just moving on and not even mentioning the, the pandemic and everything that's going on in relation to the pandemic that we're, we're, we're all going through, the way our lives have changed from us being 
outside and just, you know, doing the normal things that we normally do. And even if we wanted a vacation and do a couple of things there, the things that we are not able to do any, anymore, we think about the people that, that we've lost um, through, throughout the year. And, 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 and it just seems that it's one after the other, after the other. And, and I, and I could tell you, I won't say the icing on the cake, but, um, and, and this is a no fault of our community. It was just, we're going along with, you know, what's being guidelined by our city in relation to the pandemic, you know, with just meeting, just having to make that decision of us meeting, um, for the rest of the year online. And, and, um, you know, I, I miss you guys, you know, um, you know, I, you know, I miss you guys. And <laughs> so, uh, it's, so it's like one after the other, after, after the other. And, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of like, well, you know what, what's, what's the point, you know, 2020 is, is, is shot and it's, it's done. I mean, you know, why then would it make a difference for us to, to when uh, living and loving like Jesus, when, this year seems pretty much, pretty much shot. You know, in this letter, I'm reminded of, of three things. And, and, you know, as in my conversations, you know, with God and in my complaints to God and with everything that's going on, it's kind of like, you know, will it stop? But it keeps on coming. It keeps on coming. Um, you know, I'm reminded of this church that, you know, face challenge after challenge, persecution after, uh, you know, persecution after persecution. And they were just at that sustained level of attack to their way of, of, of operating freely because of their love for, for Jesus. And, and, um, and I think about, and I think about those things and I think about where we are now. And, and as I was communicating that with, with God in this letter, in this letter, he reminded me of three things. He reminds us, but you know, uh, more specifically, he reminded me of of these three things. Um, and here's one of those things. One of those things is that God chose us. Think about that. God chose us. In Second Thessalonians. Uh, first, the first chapter, verse 11, uh, it reads as follows. And I, it's a slightly different version than we normally read, um, but it'll pop up on the screen. It says, God chose you. And we keep praying that God will make you worthy of being his people. We pray for God's power to help you do all the good things that you hope to do and, for, and that your faith makes you want to do. Again, he mentions this again in chapter two, verse 13. He says, my friends, the Lord loves you and it is only natural for us to thank God for you. God chose you to be the first ones to be saved. His spirit made you holy and you put your faith in the truth. Guys, you know what? God chose us. Now, it speaks to three things um, that is incredible and awesome. Two things mainly that's incredible and awesome that speaks to the nature of God. One is that he is omniscient. Essentially, what that means is that he is a subject matter expert on everything. 
that's ever happened, that will happen, what we're going through. He's a subject matter expert on everything. Another thing or another trait that points to the nature of God is that he is also sovereign, meaning that because he's a subject matter of at everything during at all times in all things, he knows exactly what's going to happen. And so with everything that we are going on right now, understand that he is not, that doesn't catch him by surprise. COVID-19 did not catch God by surprise. Neither did it catch us by surprise that we were chosen for this particular time. I'm, I, I want to read a quote from an old school Bible scholar, A.W. Tozer, um, that says this when he's talking about the omniscience of, uh, of God, him being knowing all things. He says, because God knows all things perfectly, he knows no thing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never discovers anything. He is never surprised, never amazed. He never wonders about anything, nor except when drawing men out for their own good, does he seek information or ask questions. You see, this goes to show you that not only the fact that God chose us, which is an awesome thing for in itself, but that he chose us specifically for this time. I want you to do me a favor. If you've got your cell phones handy, some of you may be using it right now or <laughs> maybe uh, uh, doing something else. But if you have your cell phone handy, go ahead and take out your cell phone and then go ahead and you can go to your camera app. And if you go to your camera app, make sure that the camera is pointing on you. It's kind of like if you're gonna do a selfie. And as you go ahead and as you look at yourself, Okay, as you look at yourself, I want you to go ahead and mind mind you, you know, don't point at anybody else, but go ahead and point at yourself. And as you're pointing at yourself, I want you to say this, God chose you. Go ahead and say it. God chose you. Now, for some of us, that, that may be difficult because of the insecurities that we deal with because of the mistakes that we deal with, maybe as, as soon as <laughs> this morning, um, of our, our frailties, of our, our bad habits. But regardless of any of that, regardless of all of that, because remember, this doesn't catch God by surprise. He he knew what we were going to be about. He knew the things that we we're going to be struggling with. He knew the things that we we're going to be dealing with. He knew about our insecurities, our, our 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 fatigue. He knows about all these things, and yet it didn't disqualify us. But before the beginning of time, God chose us. You know, another thing that that God reminded me of was for us to stand firm, stand firm. 2 Thessalonians uh, 2 verses 15 says, says this, my friends, this is why you should remain, you must remain faithful and follow closely what, follow closely what we taught you in person and by our letters. You see, understanding what's happening here, as I mentioned before, 
before, Paul had to clarify some misunderstanding revolving around um, the return of, of Jesus. And for some, it got people so anxious. It got people so, I won't say, uh, I don't know about maybe nervous, but it got people just so um, just fo so focused on, on that, that um, some people were, were easily upset by it. Uh, if you look at Second Timothy, I'm sorry, if you look at First Thessalonians chapter two, the earlier parts of that, uh, Paul has to address that by saying when our Lord Jesus returns, we must we will be gathered up to meet him. So I ask you, my friends, not to be easily upset or disturbed by people who claim the Lord has already come. You see, this was something, even though they were <clears throat> anticipating and, and they were excited about, but then they were also super anxious about it. And because they were super anxious about it, they were so focused on that, that it, it inhibited them, stopped them from doing every everything else. You know, as I think about the fact that Jesus is coming and make no mistake about it, my friends, Jesus is coming back. It, it will happen. And one of the things um, I have to be honest with you is I get nervous about that. Um, I've been saved for over, you know, I've been a Christ follower for over 30 years. I haven't been perfect, but nonetheless, that's how long I have been uh, a Christ follower. And still to this day, I remember I talked about it. I talk about it at home sometimes. I also talked to, about it with, uh, with, with Matt Cullen as well as when Jesus Christ returns, like, that still makes me a little nervous. I know it's sacrilege, you know, I should know better, you know, but still, I mean, I don't, it just makes me a little nervous on how that comes about. I don't know if it's because of the fear of the unknown. I don't know, you know, what that, but it just still makes me a little bit nervous on how that, that looks. And so I have a choice to either focus on that anxiety, focus on that fear, or I can go ahead or we can go ahead and we could focus on the things that we talk, the fact that God loves us, the fact that God saved me, the fact that God saved us, the fact that he's chosen us from um, from the beginning of time to be with him, knowing that we will be forever with Christ when he does return, focusing on those things allows me to stand firm, allows all of us to stand firm in the knowledge, knowing that we are living out the message of the kingdom. And part of the challenges that we're going through in 2020 is part of us living out the kingdom of God here on earth. And it it, it makes us, or it, it, it just um, accentuates the fact that we are um, part of God's family because we are taking part of the consistent challenges in 2020. So not only does God choose us, not only does he encourage us to stand firm, but also he encourages us to keep working. In the third chapter of Second Thessalonians, the latter part of that, uh, Paul is addressing uh, Paul is addressing the young church again, and one of the results of people, another result of the young church not, um, you know, being so caught up with. Jesus's return and, and what should happen there. And again, Paul had to clarify and uh, some misunderstandings there. But what also was a result of them being so hung up on Jesus's return was like, it, it's 
stop them from working. And so Paul had to address that. In 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 6, it says, My dear friends, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I beg you not to have anything to do with any of your people who loaf around and refuse to obey the instructions we gave you. Paul goes ahead and then he gives his example of, of him working during the time that he was spending, um, that he was spending uh, with them. And so he goes on and continues to say in verse 11, now we learn that some of you just loaf around and won't do any work except the work of a busybody. So for the sake of the Lord Jesus Christ, we ask and beg these people to settle down and start working for a living. Dear friends, you must never become tired of doing what's right. You know, one of the customs back in the um, one of the customs back in the day uh, was called uh, Roman patronage, and this was briefly talked about in the Bible Project video, looking at the overview of Second Thessalonians. And so, I did a little bit more. Uh, reading that. So essentially Roman patronage was, is that you had clients and then you had patrons, uh, patrons. And so um, clients essentially were the personal assistants of these patrons. So, you know, they would go ahead and they would, you know, run errands or do things or whatever, what was required or, or what the patrons would pay the uh, clients to do. However, some of the things that they were doing were, um, counter, uh, counter um, excuse me, that went against the teachings of Paul, that went against the teachings of Christ. And so as you, as you notice in the chapter where it talks about them not being a busybody, you know, he was addressing, you know, instead of focusing on the things that are of trivial value, things that really don't concern you, here are the things Focus your work and focus your time and focus your efforts on living out the message of the kingdom and living out the message of, of, of the gospel to, to each other. Pressing love, letting our work be a testament to God's work in our life and, and our work ethic being a testament to what God wants to do in, in and through our life. Our I remember the parable of Jesus. Jesus gave a parable, the parable of the uh, of the talents, where he gave. Uh, it's back in Matthew 25. He gave uh, 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 one person ten ten thousand, another person five thousand, another person one thousand. He goes ahead and 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 he leaves for a while. Uh, two of them they double the return on the investment. One of them decides to bury it into the ground. And when Jesus or when the person comes back, they all give an account and. Jesus and, Je and the, the, the person is so happy with the first two that were given the 10,000 and the 5,000 because they doubled the return on investment. However, the final one, they didn't do anything with that. They didn't do anything with their investment. They thought it was easier just to kind of like, you know, bury it in the ground and say, hey, you know what? I could have lost it. So I'm just not going to do anything about it and bury it. And so, so we see here that that master is totally upset with that particular person because they didn't put in the work. They didn't recognize the time and the talent that God had given that person to make use of. And I think about us and 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 it's so easy for everything going on to just kind of throw our hands up and to kind of chuck 2020 as a loss and just really focus on 2021. And Jesus is saying, you know what? We still have time that's left. We still have four and a half months to go. We 
still have, and I still want to transform the lives of, of people through, through what I've done. And I'm choosing you to not just say, hey, you know what? We're going to help you to live a better life. We weren't, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And that's, that's a good thing. But Jesus, understand Jesus and the message of the gospel and what we're to lean into. It's a lot more than that. It's more about changing and transforming lives. And he's not using angels to do it. He's not um, using anyone else to do it. But the fact of the matter is that he chooses to use us to stand firm in what we've known, what we've learned and what we believed and what we've heard and to continue on working towards pushing forward the message of the kingdom of the gospel, which is living and loving like Jesus. So then for us, what then does it look like for us to know that God chooses us for this time? for us to stand firm and for us to continue to keep working, to be persistent during the rest of 2020. What does it look like this week? Maybe it's for us, you know, getting back to working out. I got to snap out of that. I actually started that a couple of days ago. <laughs> Maybe it's making sure that we're eating right. Maybe it's in the way we treat our kids. You know, not, you know, and using this opportunity, you know, to spend, using the opportunity to spend more time with them instead of seeing them as, as a, a nuisance or somebody that's always around the house that's distracting us. Maybe it's, in our work, in our jobs, us working remotely, operating with integrity, making sure that we're putting in the work necessary to for our businesses or for our jobs to be su successful. Maybe it's with one another. Maybe it's reaching out, taking an opportunity, taking our phone, reaching out via Zoom, connecting with, with people, seeking ways and opportunities that we can stimulate and motivate each other towards love. My friends, we, we have a choice for the rest of this year. And while it's tempting, I know it is, and there are still challenges to come, and I don't foresee it getting, uh, I foresee it probably getting a little worse before it gets better, the way things are looking. We have a choice. Do we want to mail it in? Do we want to say, hey, you know what? Forget the rest of this year, 2021. Let's focus on that. The rest of the year is a wash. Do we want to focus on that? Or do we want to lean in the fact that God chooses to use us and he's given us everything that we need in order for us to be not only successful as a body of Christ, but for us individually as Christ followers, to make a difference and to make an impact starting today. Let's pray. God, thank you. We're so grateful to you, Lord. And we honor you, Lord. We honor you knowing that you choose us for this day, for this time. <laughs> 
Lord, I just pray that you would just give us the strength and the fortitude to stand firm, to remain faithful to the things that you have shared with us, the experiences that we've had with you. Help us to stand firm knowing that when you return, we will be with you. And even now, as we await your return, let that motivate us. Instead of making us anxious, Lord, I pray that it would motivate us to keep working, to be persistent, knowing that when we invest our time and our talent, that we expand your kingdom, that we transform lives by the way that we live, the way that we work, and the way that we play. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Before I pass that along, I just want to take the opportunity to let you know that I miss you. I love you. Um, and the fact that uh, we still have a we still have a work to do. I remember the sports figure that said I forget who said it. Um, those way back, he had cancer, and I guess his name escapes me. But I encourage you with the words that he said giving a speech at the ESPN ESPY Awards. He said, "Never give up, never give up, never give up." I'm going to pass it along to my sister Vanessa as she leads us in worship. 